When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Final hour, just like that. It's here. We're going to get you to the weekend. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up, Norris Cole scheduled to be with us. Two-time NBA champion, former player for the Miami Heat. Can the Heat even the series? I just want one more win for Miami. Let's lengthen this series a little bit. As we're going to get it. So we get to watch the greatness of Nikola Jokic. Uh, with Stephen A. Smith uh, apparently doesn't know his post game. Uh, at least that's according to J.J. Reddick's stat. That's coming up in a moment. Uh, Chad, I, I'm. By the way, quickly, Hutton, fascinating take in the YouTube chat right oh, now. Okay. David says Hutton, Matt Leinart, and Clay Travis look like the same dude. <clears throat> Hutton, your thoughts? I don't. I don't buy it. it so Matt Leinart. It, Matt Leinart also is like six foot two, six. To my knowledge, I don't know Matt's body the way Clay does. To my knowledge, currently, I don't think Liner has a beard. I think he's clean shaven. I think. Don't know. I think he's got like some stubble going or something. Does he? Yeah. He always had that. I mean. Yeah. That's why he was, uh, you know, the king of of L.A. Even whenever uh, the Hills and uh, Lauren Conrad and everyone was well, as, as we've seen, he's still the king of L.A. No doubt. Um, I do. I do get mistaken for Clay. You've seen this. Yep. I've signed Clay's autograph. I've also introduced myself as Chad before, while Chad was across a tailgate and looked over at me like, why are you doing this? Please don't. Please don't. And then, you know, I always say, like, you know, thank you so much for, for watching the show and for loving me. Good to meet you. Oh, thank, I, I you just, thank you, Chad. I think, like, what you could say looks like someone else can just be very broad. Yeah. Like, if you're a, a, a relatively thin person within a certain age group with dark hair hey. and, a, and a dark beard, then I, you could be Clay Travis or Jonathan Hutton or apparently Matt Leinart. I wasn't looking at Matt Leinart or Clay Travis in L.A. Uh, whenever we uh, <laughs> were partying with them. Well, to be fair, none of us look like Matt Leinart. <laughs> I mean, Do you see good, this? Very good-looking man. Now, the, the one guy I buy that I do believe is a doppelganger, uh, Trevor Simeon. Chad, you have seen oh this firsthand. You it's, have seen it's, this firsthand. Uh, it's incredibly, it's, it's almost weird. Trevor when Simeon. When you guys were standing across from each other. We're on Radio Row. Do you remember the Super Bowl? Was it San Francisco or was it before then? Anyway, he walks in. I, it was San Francisco. It was Houston. Houston. I think it was Houston. He looks at me and did like a double take. Like he just looked in the mirror. And I, we're live on the air. I'm like, Trevor Simeon's looking at me. It's, it's true. He even buys it. This was pre-Beard Hutton. Yeah, and he didn't have a beard either, and and he was. It, we yeah. got to find the photo, Hutton, because I took a side by side. We, we he was in the we, he we was faced in a sling. off. We faced off. Remember, he was injured. and He was in a sling. Yeah, and you guys were facing off, and it's the same person. And I uh, also hear Luke Bryan. I heard Luke Bryan uh, last night. Someone at Sixth and Peabody thought. See, that's one I would I would milk if I were you. I'd, I'd go all in on. Yeah, I'm I'm Luke Bryan. Sure. Now, then, then they ask you to 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 sing. I can't do that. Davey Hudson would dabble in that. I'm not dabbling in that. Someone argue Luke Bryan can't sing either. <laughs> so maybe you're okay. I think he's pretty good. 
Well, uh, he's, he's, he's got a lot of hits. I know that. <laughs> we'll, get, uh, we'll get Clay's take on this maybe uh, over the weekend and then next week when he joins us. Um, so the Pac-12 uh, meteorites and, and the very latest here. So the Arizona, excuse me, the Arizona president um, is saying, and it's uh, Robert Robbins, the president, who, who admitted like, hey, the report that we have a meteorites deal that's all but signed, like, I would love to see it because I don't know what this guy's talking about. Within the same context, he's also discussing what they're looking for. And he's looking for a bronze medal, straight up asking for it. And I don't think that's shocking because the gold medal right now, at least on the surface level, we need to know the details of this. Surface level, it's the Big Ten partnership with the networks, NBC, Fox, and CBS. Then it's SEC and the money that every program and university receives. After that, right now, it's the Big 12, who received, I believe, around $41, $42 million last season per school, but Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. The new grant of rights contract for them moving forward is $31.7 million per school. So a bronze medal currently goes to the Big 12. The Pac-12 and one of the presidents, Robert Robbins, is saying at Arizona, we just... We just want a bronze medal victory. That would be a huge victory for the Pac-12. If they get that, it sounds like... Because Arizona is one of those rumored to go to the Big 12. If they get the bronze medal, it sounds like the schools that are rumored to bounce to the Big 12 are staying with the Pac-12. I just don't think they're going to get that collectively with whatever they come up with. And I think we see a, an exodus. I don't know how many schools... But I wouldn't want to be on the second wave of the schools that are leaving. I want to jump on that first train. And I think this is a hint at where the money needs to be. And they're, they're telling the commissioner and others, like, hey, if you're negotiating and you're coming to the table back to us, make sure it's above 31.7. It could be 31.8, but give us a medal instead of watching while others salute the flag of the NCAA and everything Power Five. Yeah, and, and the you know grant of rights and and media rights and media deal, um, what all they're trying to sift through right now in that conference is a lot. I know. And yeah. the bronze medal is like eight Olympic gold medals right now for the Pac-12. Oh, it's yes. That is a lofty, lofty goal. If they if they want to be third place. From a monetary value standpoint. They're a lap down right now, and that would be coming back and passing the Big 12. It, that's a huge comeback. That's yeah. a big-time come-from-behind win. That, that is a miracle-on-ice U.S. over Soviets-level win right now for the Pac-12 because they're beating the Big 12. The, 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 the conference that is rumored right now to gut their own conference, and they could have the power to do so, they would have to get a media deal that's better than the Big 12, better than ACC, I don't see how that's going to happen with the Pac-12. Now, if they get that, of course, if mm-hmm. you're one of those schools considering leaving, if you're Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, you're staying in the Pac-12 for a bronze medal behind Big Ten and SEC. I don't see how they're going to get there. This is going to be a deal that's going to be behind the Big 12. Maybe it's around the ACCs, but I doubt it. And because of that, I don't know that you're going to have a deal because what you're going to have are some of those member institutions with options that are going to decide to go elsewhere. And meanwhile, the Big 12 has announced Big 12 Mexico. They, they have a deal in place with Monterey and Mexico City where they are going to send certain events down there. For instance, Kansas and Houston in a basketball matchup will be played 
uh, in Mexico City at their massive arena there. Both women's teams are also going to play each other there at that venue as part of a doubleheader. Uh, and and the, the quote from uh, Brett Yormark, Mexico is a natural extension of the Big 12 footprint. I'm thrilled to introduce Big 12 Mexico as the conference's first ever international presence. Through Big 12 Mexico, our student athletes will have the opportunity to compete in an international setting, and our conference will have a chance to showcase our brand across Mexico. Uh, we'll translate and just say they're going to make more money. They're making up the money that they're losing by Texas and Oklahoma leaving on the media rights deal. That's how I view this. But I also view this as this is a lure in the water for Arizona, Arizona State. I mean, if you're, if you're right there on the border, I'm thinking those colleges, those would be the ones to market for Big 12 Mexico, just like they're doing this with Houston and the other Texas markets that the Big 12 currently sits in. There's a reason why the NFL sends the Houston Texans to play in Mexico. And I think the Big 12 is following that suit down on the border, trying to get more dollars that they're losing based on the fact that Texas and Oklahoma are bouncing to the Southeastern Conference. And part of this is going to be a bowl game played bowl between game. the Big 12 and someone else in, in Monterey, Mexico. Uh, this is another one, much like the Pac-12's claim they want to win a bronze medal. I, I don't see how this is going to work ultimately for, for this reason. College sports being a big deal is uniquely American. This is not something the rest of the world can come close to comprehending because school and collegiate sports anywhere else is not a thing. Professional sports are a thing in Mexico. The NFL can be a thing in Mexico, and it has been a thing before. But you're really forcing something on Mexico, to, to, to my knowledge, that they know nothing about and really don't care about. So are you going to introduce something First off, that is inferior to an NFL game or an NBA game in terms of talent right. to that country that now suddenly they're going to be all into college sports, something that's completely foreign to them. They don't really understand the concept of it being a, a high-level major event. I don't think so. I, I, to me, this is grasping at straws from the Big 12. This is them almost overthinking it, getting a little too cute. I don't see how any college event in Mexico is going to work. Play this back years from now, and maybe I look like an idiot because they introduced this Monterey Bowl in Mexico, and suddenly it's a country full of college football fans. But I'm pretty confident in my opinion that this is going to be a big dud to bring college sports to Mexico because they don't care. They don't want it. No one's clamoring for this. Yeah, I, I think of the, of the conferences, this is the one to dip the toe in the water, though. This is an agreement through 2026. So if it's a bomb, it's... It's, it's a, no harm, no foul. It's a, it's a small bomb. They're still adding, you know, others in, BYU and others in. And you've got, you know what you're losing. They're not making up those dollars. But they do need more revenue through merch and other things that they could potentially sell for fans that just jump on the, the Arizona and Houston bandwagon simply because they're hitting the Mexico market. Again, it's, it's no different than the Pac-12, as you're saying, Chad, trying to Win, win the bronze. This would be a bronze instead of the gold for the Big 12. Although, uh, the international market, again, that's why Brett Yormark is coming over from Rock Nation and jumping in as the commissioner uh, of the Big 12. He's, he's there to expand the, uh, the ideas, the brainstorming. And this is one that, beyond just announcing something over July 4th weekend that they're going to add Colorado and Utah, right? That it's something for the, the member institutions 
to gain more notoriety or just more money in general? Well, look, you're, you're never going to find out unless you push the boundaries and you try it. So uh, hats off to the Big 12 for trying something different and outside the box. I don't think it's going to work, but good luck to you because you'll never know unless you do it. Chad, was it three years ago? Maybe four years ago now. Deion Sanders on NFL Network claimed, and, and I, I don't think he actually knew, he did not know who Kevin Byard was. Kevin Byard was an all-pro safety in the NFL. And Deion Sanders said he did not know who Kevin Byard was on NFL Network, that he didn't know who an all-pro in the league was in the secondary, a, a position that he was a part of for a Hall of Fame career. So I say this as a warning to college coaches. Don't be Jeremy Stevens who, for, for Deion Sanders, who is the Conor McGregor of college football right now, because he'll turn around and say, who the F is that guy? And that's exactly what he did to Pat Narduzzi, who tried to call him out, say he had no idea who Pat Narduzzi is. I'm not shocked by this. Based on the history of Dion not knowing certain players in the NFL, including the best of the best, they get the notoriety because they're great on the field. Yeah, Dion, his specific quote was, what was his situation when he came to Pitt? He had a different situation than me. He's not mad at me. He is mad at the situation in football now that allowed his best player to leave a year ago. He's not mad at me. He's using me to shoot bullets at another coach who he has an issue with, talking about Lincoln Riley with Jordan Addison. I don't know who he is. If he walked in here right now, I wouldn't know him. Props to Dion only because when you're come back after getting bashed by another coach who brings up your name without you bringing them up, if your comeback is, I don't know who this person is, it's a pretty damn effective comeback. Over under. At any point, when like you, someone comes after one of us, Hutton, and they say, you know, this guy sucks. It's gotta, and if the response is, well, that's funny because I don't know who you are. That's always a pretty effective comeback. It's the opposite of getting pulled over by a oh. cop and saying, do you know who I am? That never works. But what always works Those is, dash cams are running I too. don't know who you are. That's always an effective comeback to someone coming at you. I don't know who that is. So I give, I give Deion Sanders props to that. Another thing that's rarely effective is when you, you say that. Hey, uh, the other thing too. How long did it take for him to respond? Like nearly a month? Yeah, he, we, I thought he was going to go completely silent. Isn't it, on it even just worse? Not even Isn't it even worse that it took a month? Well, it he, takes Lane Kiffin like he was half an hour to come up with a, a, a meme with him as wearing a clown's nose. I think he was finally asked about it and uh, responded to a question about it. Also, uh, over under, I don't know where we would set this 25, 27, 27 head coaches in college football that Deion Sanders would recognize right now. Oh, under. Under? Under. under 15? I think he knows he knows Nick Saban because of the Aflac commercial. I, there is no way he knows if they walked into a room, the head coaches in the Pac-12. Nope. I bet Deion Sanders This is so unsurprising. Would, would I'm not surprised in the least that he doesn't know who part. He if, would not recognize If a coach Pat, walked Mark in Narduzzi. with no no gear on, right? Right. Just regular street clothes yeah. off the street. No, they'll say, they'll I'm say put the, the head coach walks in with uh, media relations staff at Media Days. Would Deion Sanders know the head coach from the media relations dude? I'm saying no. No. Uh, over under four. I'm taking the I'm four and a half. I'm taking Hun, the under I right at four. I would say he knows five to ten total coaches in all of college football. 
that he no, would recognize. No, it's more than that. It's more than that. That he would actually recognize. You got to remember, he. I mean, he knows in, in all of college football, he's interacted with a lot just at Jackson State. Yeah. But I still think it's under 25, 27. I don't think that's a stretch at all. The Pac-12, I mean, he knows Lincoln Riley. He's talking about Lincoln Riley in that quote, so he'd yeah. recognize him. Eddie George. I mean, again, you have to factor yeah. in where he's from. Yeah. Nick Saban, he's in an Affleck commercial with Nick Saban. I think he'd know Dabo. Talking about goats and ducks with He's Nick probably Saban. seen Dabo on TV enough. Lane Kiffin. Yep. He was in the, the, the same state with him. Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart would know him. he's winning a title. Again, just... I mean, I'm still... I'm you have going, to be very careful. I'm you, going with 5 to 10. I still think it's probably about 5 to 10. You got to be very careful on jumping up, trying to claw at the top of Yellowstone Prime and getting and biting back on... Dude, you, you coach at Indiana? I, I don't know who you are. Also, you know, like that's any not, program. The, now, being an NFL network and not knowing an all-pro safety when you played in the secondary in the NFL, yeah. that is not a good thing. Deion Sanders only, which I'm claiming, knowing five to ten college football coaches if they walked in off the street without their gear on, I don't think that's a bad thing for Deion because that's Coach Prime saying, I'm worried about us. I'm not focused on anyone on the outside. I'm very much into what we're doing, and that's it. I don't care about these other guys. I'm not going to talk about them in recruiting. Don't need to know them. I, I'm me, and I'm going to be me throughout, so let's roll. We will roll through with Norris Cole, Miami Heat, uh, former player, two-time NBA champ. He'll help us preview what's coming up in game four as the Heat will try to knock the series at two games apiece against the Nuggets in the NBA Finals. That's straight ahead on Hot Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hot Mike with Huddy Withrow rolls on uh, across the Outkick Network. We'll uh, await Norris Cole at Friday edition. Chad, I, I want to give props here to J.J. Reddick. I don't always agree with everything he says. I respect and appreciate that he prepares for shows. I hate lazy people. I hate fake people that take credit for people that actually care about their jobs and do things the right way. Uh, and then take credit for that instead of just working hard on their own uh, down a personal path or goal. Personal opinion. A lot of lazy people are propped up. The guys you see on TV. I'm not necessarily saying first take, but it does happen. J.J. Reddick's not one of them. He actually put some thought into it. And again, I don't always agree with what he comes up with. But in this case, this shows you the the... The work ethic behind the scenes on the numbers here. First take, Stephen A. Smith is discussing Jokic. And he goes into, and we're going to play the clip in a moment, goes into a discussion with Jay Williams and J.J. Redick, and they're talking about how great Jokic is. But Stephen A. brings forth the opinion that Jokic isn't all that great in one specific area, 
and then listen to Reddick's response and then how Stephen A. then must respond. Jokic isn't known for having some kind of dominant Pope's game now. That's not his game. Hold on a second. It's, it's not his second. game. He's not a dominant. Is he a dominant post player? Is Jokic a dominant post player? Stephen A., we've got 10 years of tracking data. You know what the number one most efficient half-court play is in 10 years across the NBA? What? A Nikola Jokic post. What is it? There you go. Whoa. Boom. Boom. Whoa. Oh, wait, wait. Time, time, time. JJ. 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 I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Can I respond? I got it. I got it. Listen, y'all know what I'm saying, man. Listen, Nikola Jokic got such a beautiful touch. He reminds me more of a McHale. Then a shack is what I'm trying. You understand the difference that I'm saying? Y'all yeah, know the game now. You understand what I'm saying? No, I mean, I mean, McHale was something special, ten feet and in, and I get it. But I'm just talking about drop step dominant. I, I, I mean, I when you look at Shaq, that was another level. I wrote it I'm down. No post up that, game. Nikola Jokic beat you a multitude of ways because his touch is just. I've been bump next eighty times, so I'm gonna do that. No post Go ahead. Go ahead. I stand correct. I love the response from Stephen A. there, too. That, that version of the show is what I love on First Take. Yeah, there was a... He tried to... I stand corrected cha- at the end. He cha- just, changed his argument hey. a little bit and said, you said no post-up game. Didn't say that he wasn't like Shaq. Most was efficient like play over the last 10 years. That was a really good stat to just pull out of nowhere. Hey, they tracked this data. The Again, most efficient like, play across the I NBA was impressed. is a Nikola Jokic post-up. Well done. Uh, and good job by Stephen A. Smith in the end for saying I stand correct. Because <laughs> if someone comes to that with you, it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Where do you come down on Jokic, Chad? On uh, uh, so I think of, I, I'm just going. Is he more Tim Duncan than the like his agility and ability to just get small, but the finesse, uh, the the passing too. Like I, I'm trying to compare him to someone. Uh, Carl Malone comes to mind too, body wise. I yeah. don't think he, he's not like a fat center. Like you don't think of him as chunky. I don't. I don't know where he fits in in like the the long list of top centers that have ever played the game. And I do think it's recency bias, and it's also a debate that's happening by a group of people that, in large part, haven't really watched him play all that much. They're seeing it in the games that matter. I know he's a two-time MVP. But you know, Shaq has seen him play in person for the first time this year in the NBA Finals in Game 1 in Denver. And Shaq gave him the props. He said, you are one of the all-time greats in the middle. Like, you, you have my blessing. And he only gave that to like five or six people ever. And Barkley had a good you know, laugh at that. But, I mean, that's, that's high praise. And I, I, I'm, I'm saying he deserves it. But I don't know where I'm, where I'm willing to go on the hierarchy here. So the guy I always bring up that he reminds me of, a little bit obscure, but American basketball fans will know him more for the very end of his career when he got to the Portland Trailblazers in his 30s. Arvidas Sabonis, who is three, so he's four inches taller than Jokic, but very unorthodox, did not really jump. He moved a little bit slower in a Mm -hmm. different way. He passed like a point guard. Yes. He could handle the ball also. He could shoot threes from the outside. Very, very European in his style. And it, that was a time in the NBA when there wasn't a huge European influence in the game like you see today. So Jokic, that's the biggest comparison I can come up with. 
is always if we saw Arvita Sabonis early in his career when he was on that Lithuanian national team and playing overseas, if he were in the NBA at an earlier time, maybe that's the biggest comparison for Jokic is Sabonis. But he's so unlike well, everyone but, else in the game because of how different his game looks from not, everyone else. And I, I know you, I know exactly what you're comparing. You're comparing the style. Yes. Uh, oh, not, yeah. Not the well. And Sabonis is getting what twelve or 13, 14 points a game on average. Well, and, he and, again very late in his career he came to the NBA, so his knees were already shot at that it, point. He was. If you hear stories about Sabonis when he was in Europe playing, he would have revolutionized the NBA possibly had he been there as a, as a younger man. Um, so but I, I, don't, I, I look at a more skill set, Hutton. That guy exactly. could do a lot. The passing, could handle, could pass. It's the uh, it's, saw the game that way. It is the. Uh, it's the alpha mentality with a finesse ability that makes him different in the middle. He, he's averaging for his career 20 points per game. He's averaging 11 rebounds per game. And he averages, uh, according to NBA stats here, seven assists per game. I mean, it's just a different stuff. He's a little bit of everyone who was great. And I'm trying not to overreact to everyone that's overreacting to him. For the all-time greats, but my biggest question is: I have we seen him hit the ceiling? I don't know that we have, honestly, because he's so uh, team-first when it comes to the offensive end. I, it, the argument about uh, there, there are a lot of players who are, are are padding stats in the fourth quarter in the NBA to get certain you know bonuses. You, you need to average a certain thing, or you need to reach a certain mark on a number. Or you need to be, you know, in a discussion on the stat sheet to be in the discussion to even get a an MVP uh, consideration, not a vote, just consideration. That happens. It's very difficult to watch him and think that he's padding stats based on what he's doing no, and how he's, he's used. He's not. But that's the most impressive part. Well, here's another impressive part. He's 28. Yeah. I mean, uh, quite frankly, he's got two MVPs already. I mean, the only thing that's going to derail him from being a top 10 player all time are injuries. I, I really believe that. I, I don't know that he's, he's not on any path to be the greatest ever or anything like that, but he's a top 10 to 20 player in the history of the game unless he gets injured. Well, I, I don't, knock on wood, I that's the one thing that, that could though. derail his progress. I can't say he's on a path to be, he won't be the greatest ever because the, the Hall of Famers that I'm listening to and watching are saying he is. But at the same time, like, one of them, Shaquille O'Neal, who's admitting he hasn't watched him play live until last week. So I don't, I don't know how to take that. Um, He's also just unguardable from a matchup perspective. Yeah. There's no one. Anthony Davis may have been the closest, and he shredded him in that series. You're right. I mean, there's no one skill set. There's not a defensive skill set mixed with size. And the right, I mean, there's nothing you can do because he can do everything. And here's the other thing that comes to mind. He is the saving grace for an NBA league that has a lot of aging talent and stars. LeBron's what, 38, 39? Steph Curry's 35. It's still hard for me to believe that, but he's 35. Uh, Durant is a... Is he's he aging at this point. Is he 31? Um, if you think about the faces of the league... They're over the age of 30 for the most part. Giannis, I know, uh, younger. But 
the one guy we would point to is John Morant. Shoe deal. Uh, Powerade. Big promotion. This is all last offseason. Now, all of a sudden, it's about, is he even going to, this offseason, he's going to be, be able to prepare for a season or if he's going to be suspended. We don't know. But it is clear they're not buying the whole, it was a, a toy gun excuse on behalf of, you know, who, whoever wants to throw that out there on any podcast. NBA's not going to buy it. Adam Silver's not buying it. And, um, you know, after the discussion they had and the fact that they came out, Silver and others saying, oh, it sounds contrite. He's, he's, he's wanting to, you know, improve uh, the, the, the path he's on. He wants to change course for the better uh, because he's going down a path of uh, incident after incident, and you know how this ends. He's ruining his career. So the toy gun thing, throwing that out after incident number seven or eight instead of one, hits different. And Silver's not buying it. And for the first time, I, I, I feel like Silver actually is showing some power. And he's, he can. Here's why he can. It's a player-run league. He can because you have the all-time greats who are the spokespersons for the, for the NBA. Barkley and others. But it starts with Barkley. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. Players in the league that are saying, like, this guy needs help. So everyone's going to back Adam Silver's decision. The only debate will be, is it enough? And then what's going on behind the scenes once he's suspended? Is it more or less the NBA going to wash their hands of this to make sure there's no incident with John Morant? Or is it actually like we're really trying because we care about him to make sure that he has every single opportunity to get things back because he's value to himself, his family, the league, the Grizzlies. I mean, it, the NBA does have an investment in him. They want him to be one of the young, great players, and he is. And Jokic now is the talk of the league, and it's not John Morant. And John Morant was two weeks ago. I think it's another sign that the NBA is about to hammer him with a suspension. What, the, the what quit, do you think that means, Not though? buying the – I think it's at least half the season. I think, I think half the season plus – is hammering him with a suspension. And I would not be totally shocked if it's a full season. Adam Silver's comments about we have found more in our investigation, and we'll get to that after these NBA Finals. Yeah, We don't want to address it right now, but we've uncovered more. Not a good sign for John Morant. And I just don't know... I don't know John Morant's heart. I don't know his mind. I don't know what he wants. I don't know if he thinks this is wrong or not, or he thinks that he's being persecuted in some way. But I don't know how you help someone who doesn't want to get helped. So I don't know that it's on the NBA to, to rehabilitate him in any way if he continues to run afoul of rules they're stipulating for him to have a successful career with a max contract that the Memphis Grizzlies signed him to. So if he can't get in line, he's going to be out of a career quickly, and I don't think the NBA is going to sweat it, quite frankly. It may sound heartless, but there's going to be – there's. Wimbenyama will come in next year, and then he'll be their young star, and they'll put all their hopes on him. I don't think the NBA needs John Morant. John Morant needs the NBA. Well, well but I also, like, the NBA doesn't need to, to be hypocritical here because you've got Adam Silver who will, you know, dap and bro-hug every rookie that comes into the league. And, you know, the NBA's mantra is we're closer to our players than any, you know, we're in lockstep with our players. BLM and everything else that goes on. 
Uh, if that's all true, then in this case, this individual case, you can't just do it because of its conduct detrimental to the league. Uh, it's conduct detrimental to Ja Morant. So I think if you, he's 23 years old here. Like it's not, it, uh, based on the players they've allowed back in the league, uh, you have to do everything possible. Yes, it's on Ja Morant. But the league has to put him in a situation to choose, not just say you're suspended, go whatever you do, whatever you want to do, it's on you now. I, I just don't think as a league you can send that message while at the same time pumping up that you know, you're, you're, you're all with every player that is a part of the association. Well, they need to set out and, parameters and, for him to rejoin the league that he has and, to. And those parameters yes. need to be things that yes, but the, that's league, what I'm saying. the they, league is saying detail. this will help you. More than some eight-game suspension and a drive-through counseling session in Florida. And, yeah, a, and no, a trip I, to New York to talk I, I, I to Adam Silver. Look, I, I would be shocked if that's not going to be part of it also. I, I'm just saying, you know, if they, if they do that and then he, he does it again, and also Adam Silver feels like he's been lied to, based on their previous meeting and then this happening immediately. Right. And, you know, powerful people don't usually handle that well when they feel that way because they feel like someone's trying to make a fool of them. And that's probably how Adam Silver feels right now. But I, I do agree with you on that point. Huh? There needs to be a level of parameters that he has to meet in order to rejoin the team. Full NBA player status after whatever this long suspension is he's about to face. Yep. Coming up. Time to get weird. Yes. And... <laughs> One of my favorite times of the week. He brings some some great stories, uh, weirdest stories of the week, uh, and the the one that I'm really the one I'm really intrigued by is uh, checking your crawl space, being careful when you do that. I have no idea. Uh, I do know there's a video with this, and I'm eager to see what what Davy has found. Davy is providing nightmare fuel on hot mics. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Hope everyone has a great weekend coming up. Been a fast show today. Uh, thanks to all of our guests uh, that were able to join us all week, uh, and in particular today. Chad, uh, what do you have on the docket for the weekend? A lot of... Uh, travel softball. Coach pitch. We have... Chad, is the, are you pitching or no? I can't... I'm pitching. We have a travel softball tournament. Begins at 8 a.m., an hour and a half from my house. How many Arrival games time you... at 7, so we'll oh, leave about no. 5.30 in the morning to, to head an hour and a half away to play. Uh, minimum misery. of three games, Hutton, on the minimum. day. Maximum of six. So you're pitching... If we play for a championship, we'll pitch, play six games. You'll pitch three at least. I'll pitch at least three. I did four. The last weekend, I did three one day, four the next. And I really didn't feel the effects too bad until the Tuesday night after. So two days later, I was worse with the delayed, you know, muscle soreness coming in. Uh, I can't wait until you can relate to anyone with Tommy John surgery. Well, the good news is sometimes you can get into a, a good rhythm yeah. if you're going well where you get, like, in sync with your, your players and the coach pitch, you know, revolution. This is seven- it. and eight-year-olds? It's also one that once you're off, especially with one girl oh, that I'm throwing oh no. to or one batter, it can, it can creep into your head and it just becomes <laughs> harder and harder to throw it at that height, whether it be a tall girl, short girl, it's, you know... Look, these are these are the finer points of coach pitching that we'll get into another time. We need to mic him. We need to mic Chad up, guys. 
uh, for a, a special here on Hot Mike. Just a, a five-minute kind of montage of whatever he's saying and the parents. As long as you're cool with this, we won't. We don't have to identify uh, those who are talking trash, but I would love to hear them. The umpire discussions and more. I should bring in also all the walk-up music for yes. my seven and eight-year-old girls. Yep. Because they all picked out their own song, and we can dissect their walk-up music choices that they play. The walk-up music for Davey Hudson is Let's Get Weird. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Weird! Get weird! Weird! Get weird! All right, Davey, let's get weird going into the weekend. What do we have first up? Thank you, Hut. Today, I've actually decided to add a new wrinkle to Let's Get Weird, and we're going to add a video component. What's going to happen? I'm going to show you part of a video. We're going to think, hey, what happens after this? I'm going to get your guys' thoughts. Okay. We'll play it and see if you're right. So for the first one, uh, you mentioned it, talking about the crawl space. Uh, we have a video. There, there is no sound on this, but we can go ahead and throw this. Uh, it says, be careful checking your crawl space yeah, on my sheet here. I mean, we just got a couple that's standing out beside it. One guy's got a drill, and it looks like he's boarding it up as – they get set to take a step back. Somebody's got a broom. I don't know why you need a broom. So what could you I don't you know how you possibly, see a broom. We can't. Go ahead. I don't know what you, you see guys a broom. Thinks. Okay. Yes, brooms. Maybe it's in the far far side of the, okay. the camera. Um, it's been paused now. Yes. All right. Hey, hey, Dylan, if you want, you can go ahead and go full screen with that. We'll just go ahead and go full so screen. So this is a uh, – so this they, they are going to go into the crawl space um, – of a is this a ranch style home? I, I need to know what. Do we know where I they are? This looks like they're in the U.S., but I, outside of that, I, I have no uh, other details about location. Maybe a coastal type state. I'm yeah. looking at here. I need. To, there's an animal that's down there. I'm trying to figure out which I, I'm one. I'm gonna get because I feel like the alligator has been a theme. Not here. On this before. No, not I, here. I'm gonna guess alligator. Not here, Davey. But something's about to jump out. Do we even? Uh, I'm guessing alligator or homeless person. Okay. One of the well, two. well, you guys are wow. at least in the right ballpark of an animal. We'll let this thing go ahead and play on out. All right, we're gonna zoom in a little bit. See some? Oh, oh, something's hitting it. Okay, okay. What could it All right. be? All right. Oh, it's a what? It's a bear. It's a bear. I was going to guess bear, and then I thought, no, it's somewhere on the coast. It looks like just, just based on the yard, and nope, it's a bear. I like how the guy took off too. Do we know it was the bear hibernating or just like chilling underneath the house? Because the the uh, oh, that's, and a, that's a that's large a, that's a yeah. brown bear. And the uh, the door was shut to the crawl space, correct? Well, they were they were drilling it shut, so I don't know if they thought something was under there. I mean, obviously they did, but why the fact you try to actually close it in at that point? I don't really know, but it was able to just hit that thing one time and pop it off. Had that been a bison, they would have tried to go up and. <laughs> feed this animal i mean well that's next level torture though uh, hey there's a there's a baby bear in the crawl space i know let's drill it in lock it in there and let it die inside Edgar Allan Poe how long would write will a it take until this. this bear dies yeah. so I, I was kind of curious <laughs> if they knew what was happening down there at the time i would think so but i, I mean i would have just assumed when i saw it like we're thinking raccoon it just it brought back bad memories chad on the other side you mentioned like the nightmare fuel oh uh, we had a place to where it was weird i actually had to crawl into the crawl space at this place on the lake to flip a switch to where we could get power down to the dock. So I always have to make this. And, of course, I am, I'm scared every single time because I'm thinking, you know what, there's going to be it's creepy. some Something's vermin down, down there, snakes. Like, I'm not a spider fan of snakes. webs. Yeah, so it's like every Somehow time. Somehow spiders survive And down even there, the moment you how. hear it, you're going to be afraid that it's something worse than it is because you're going to yep. hear something move. 
but I'd never seen a bear in a crawl space. So that was a, a first, first for that. Yeah. And I was like, you I know agree. what? That's pretty weird. It's definitely weird. I'll be thinking dude. about that. Good job. Met, met the criteria. Uh, next up is murder for hire plot gone wrong. Yeah, there's not really much guessing on this one. I just found an interesting thing. And I was like, oh, you know what? Back home, we got a lady, Melody Sasser. Got a picture of her here. She's probably going to be going away again. She's not been convicted. But the evidence against her is not favorable for her case. Okay. So I just thought it was funny that... She looks like a killer. Guilty. Yeah. Guilty. <laughs> guilty. So, That's what I say in Kevin Spacey voice when I see this woman's face. Yes, this, this woman, uh, Miss, Miss Sasser, is facing charges for a scheme to hire an online hitman to kill the wife of a man she met on Match.com. Obviously, just with that sentence alone, you can realize there's a this lot man. of other problems probably uh, underlying the relationship here. But... What was awesome was Who's I actually. Who's stud? I mean, did she yeah. met Leonardo DiCaprio online? Well, wow. I mean, you're going to really kill the man's wife for this guy? Must, must really be something. On the dark web, apparently there's a place called Online Killers Market. That is wow. where she went. Uh, what is interesting, though, Faces is of death. I actually got the description she sent in in regards to how she wanted this done. Well, first off, that, the that title, that doesn't scream trap at all. That there's an right. online website. Uh, what is it again, Davey? Uh, it's. Online Killers Market, <laughs> and this Just website... You're registering to the FBI when you go to that site. Yeah, it offers hitman for hire services as well as hacking, kidnapping, extortion, disfigurement by acid attack, and sexual violence. Acid attack. Now go to that site, and you'll get a knock on so your door within 30 minutes. A lot going on there, but anyway, so Miss Sasser, uh, according to the letter, I think, as you can see right there, it reads... It needs to seem random or accident or plant drugs. Do not want a log investigation. She recently moved in with her new husband. She works at home in an office in Birmingham. She works at, uh, I'm not going to name the place of it, but it's, it's down in Alabama. Uh, she it's works redacted. in an office uh, and then gave the vehicle she drove. Uh, and then it goes, well, she gave the actual <laughs> license plate and said that her husband drives this type of vehicle as well. Uh, her husband works at a Publix part-time, and they, th they have three dogs that bark a lot and jump, but are nice dogs. So just giving all this stuff, and it led to paying close to $10,000 that actually got held in escrow uh, via Bitcoin. Last year, Jay Monahan would have told us that Liv was behind this website. <laughs> and now, it's about unity. You know when it screams accidental death? An acid attack. <laughs> Well, what was funny was she, she got mad because <laughs> she put down the what methods in which she'd like it done. You know what they'll never attack. figure also, out. Also, I need it to look like an accident. She she got mad because they did not go through with the job, and obviously she paid close to ten grand for this. And she responded back, "I have waited for two months and eleven days, and the job is not completed. Two weeks ago, you said it has been worked on and would be done in a week. The job is still not done. Uh -huh. Does it need to be assigned to this someone else? Will it be done? What is the delay? When will it be done? She's Spending ruthless. ten grand, and now she doesn't have money for commissary. She's mad. Yeah." Damn it, Sarge, someone else fell into a vat of acid again. <laughs> Happened again in this town. She faces uh, up to 10 years in prison. Just another accidental acid death. Uh, quickly, uh, beware of the, quote, my way killing. This is nothing recent, but I came across this, and I went down a rabbit hole, and I just wanted to bring this to your right. attention. Do you guys Baby just, by, by hearing my way killings, have any idea right. what this might be about? I'm thinking like I, I, the Dr. Way, Death. I think, I, I think of my space, so I don't... I'm thinking Dr. Death, because I, I was watching, I don't know if it was 60 Minutes or something else, but there was a... Uh, there's a there's a place at a, a certain hospital in Canada where you can go and like choose to just die or is it peacefully. Does it have something to do with Frank Sinatra? It does have something to do with Frank oh, Sinatra. Wow. So yeah, this actually happens in the Philippines and they've Great job, dubbed Jeff. it the My Way Sinatra? Killings because since from the year 2000 it's to 2022 there have been a registered 12 
murders that have happened due to this song being played at karaoke bars. What? Yes. Now... The murders happened during so the song? So someone sings it like that, that's the calling card? Is like this, the wet bandits? Well... Turn on the faucet? They, they sing that, then someone dies in the bar? There's several theories behind it. Is this I know what you did it. last summer for? Sounds like a South Park episode. Some people think that it's just because the Philippines typically a violent place. Things often happen. And it is one of the most requested songs that is played at karaoke bars. Just so happens 12 people are have been murdered while it's been playing. Uh, the, the other theory Murder is just... Murdered while it's happening or just on the night that it happens? No, like it, it is played and then violence ensues and somebody dies. So there is an entire like Wikipedia page dedicated to this. The New York Times has done an article on it. The idea that just the way in which the Philippines happened, the, the machoism behind the song is a theory that just leads to somebody getting frustrated when somebody sings it. I just think they're probably doing a disservice to Frank Sinatra and the person gets so frustrated, they're like, I'm actually going to kill you because you were this bad at singing this song. Note so, to self, don't do karaoke in Manila. That's what I'm jotting yeah, down right now. this is just that the mafia hears you singing this. Most, the 10 most popular karaoke songs, I'll just run through the top. Uh, Shallow, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen. And I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys. Oh, it's a banger. Thanks to this guy right here with Chad Withrow. Uh, and congratulations uh, to Bill Murray because another karaoke song uh, milkshake my milkshake brings all the boys, boys to, the, to yard. the yard bill murray is now dating the lead the, the artist behind that song congrats wow. bill see you monday